If you were with us on Christmas Eve, you know that we read the story, Luke chapter 2, of the, the story that we just sang about uh, on Christmas Eve. And so this morning I'm going to read the story of the incarnation from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. I invite you uh, to listen to God's holy word, but before we do that, please join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, John chapter 1, beginning with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Somewhere along the line, probably when I got to seminary, I started collecting nativity sets. Maybe some of you have started doing that as well. I have nativity sets from all over the place. Usually when I pick one up, when I go somewhere and travel around the world, or sometimes people have started giving me nativity sets as gifts, or, or when I go someplace like Montreat where they have a really nice gift shop, I usually try to pick up a nativity set while I'm there. And I've got nativity sets from everywhere. When I was over in Scotland, someone gave me a, a Celtic nativity set. It looks kind of like a group of standing stones, if you've ever seen those in Scotland. But with the standing stones, there's little faces carved in them. And so it looks like the nativity set, even though they're standing stones. I picked up one nativity set when I was in eastern Kentucky. I was traveling through through there with a seminary class. That's coal mining country. And, and I have a nativity set that's carved out of coal. It's this dark black coal, but you can see how intricately, even in that shiny black coal, the, the, the artisan put together, the, the stable is carved with little pieces of, of wood as it looks like, and even the faces look so intricately woven. It's beautiful. 
When I was in Guatemala, I got a, a Guatemalan nativity set. As you might imagine, all the people in that nativity set look like they come from a Mayan heritage, like the people of, of Guatemala. They even have these, these beautiful uh, wraps and, and the clothing that if you've ever been there before, you see those beautiful weavings that they have and they're known for. And all the, the members of the nativity set have those, those uh, pieces of cloth on them. It's beautiful. And the nativity set that we have, that we display, uh, and I used to display it all the time, but since we've got married, I display it in my house now. It's actually from Jerusalem, from an artisan in Jerusalem. I bought it at a, a fairly traded gift shop in Montreux. But the artisan made it out of olive wood that he got from Jerusalem, and he, he tried to carve each piece as if it was a member of his own family. And so each of the faces of the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and Joseph, they all, to him at least, look like a member of his own family. Even to me, it, they all look the same, quite frankly. But uh, it's a beautiful piece of artwork. And, and in fact, we, we set all of those nativity sets up just out of reach of our dogs so that they don't get knocked over. Or, and when we put them up, just like you all will do when you uh, take down your decorations in a few days, we wrap them all in bubble wrap because we don't want any of our nativity sets to get broken. I have lots of other nativity sets, some that my parents still have that I gave to them and some that we don't bring out every single year because we have so many of them. But when I was a child, I only had one. It was a paper nativity set from a Whitman's 1973 paper nativity set. You can still see some of these online. It came in a book, believe it or not. And you opened it up and it was, all of the characters were paper dolls. They were perforated and we would punch them out of the, of the, of the book and fold them up like paper dolls. Even the, the stable and the, and the manger, they were all paper and we would sort of fold them together and put them together every single year. And it was a beautiful little nativity set that we actually could play with. I would fold the paper up and then I would walk around Mary and Joseph coming into the stable and, and Jesus, the baby Jesus, could move back and forth between the, the manger and, and, and Mary's arms. It was a, a fun little nativity set that I would go into the living room right beside my Christmas tree and I would play with every year. Well, as you might imagine, as I played with it more and more, it wasn't fragile like the nativity sets that I have now, but it, or at least expensive, but I, I would say maybe it was uh, delicate and fragile, and it would slowly start to wear out. The edges of the cardboard would start to wear a little bit. There would be little creases in the arms and in the wings of the angel, and slowly but surely it started to fall apart because we played with it so much. We would put it together with scotch tape every year. We'd pull it back out and try to tape it back together so that it would stay up, but as we moved all the animals and everything back and forth, it slowly would wear out and fall apart. My cousins, Tracy and Jennifer, who lived right around the corner from me, had the exact same nativity set, but for some reason theirs didn't wear out. And so every year we would go over and we would compare ours to theirs, and we realized that ours was wearing out and probably we needed to get a new nativity set. And so somewhere around my fifth grade, sixth grade year, my parents bought a brand new nativity set, and we threw that old nativity set away. This brand new nativity, nativity set was very different. It was much like the nativity sets that we have now. It was very nice, very beautiful, almost like a piece of art, but it's set up on the shelf and we just looked at it. I didn't play with it too much. I didn't touch it too much. That's not what it was there for. It was there just as this visible reminder up on the shelf of what the story of Christmas was. But somehow when we got that new nativity set, 
the magic sort of wore out too. I stopped thinking about that nativity set and started thinking more about what those presents were under the tree. That's what happens when you start thinking about the magic of Christmas and what Christmas really means and start thinking about what we're going to get on Christmas morning. But over the years, I've talked to lots of other people who have wonderful nativity sets. In fact, at our last church, we had a wonderful tradition of all the people in our church who wanted to, they could bring their own nativity set to a Wednesday night program, like we have Wednesday night programs here. And we would set them up all throughout the the fellowship hall at the church, and and they would stand beside their nativity set and tell anybody who wanted to come and see these nativity sets on display, you would tell the story of where these sets came from. I'm going to tell you they were some of the most beautiful sets you could think of. There was one that had this big Moravian set that was a large set with like, I don't know, 20 or so different figurines. And there was glass sets and porcelain sets and places from all over the world. They had made nativity sets. And you would stand right beside that so that anybody wanted to come up and ask questions, you could tell them about where your nativity set came from. But there was another reason why you stood right beside the nativity set as well. Because of children. Children would come through and see the nativity sets, and what do they want to do? They want to grab it. They want to play with it. They want to touch it. And so you would stand by your nativity set not only to tell the story, but also to say, keep your hands in your pockets. Look, but don't touch. You can ask any questions that you want to. Also, don't run through here. You may knock one of the tables over. So after just a few minutes of watching the kids come through, most of us who had our nice nativity sets, I would take my Jerusalem nativity set over there, we noticed that none of the kids hung around very long. I was standing there by myself finally, wondering why aren't more people interested in my very nice, beautiful nativity set? Well, one member of the church, one family of the church, had brought their own nativity set that was not an olive wood nativity set or a glass nativity set. It was a Fisher-Price nativity set, a little people nativity set. And after all of the children had come through and looked at all of ours, they went to that nativity set because they could play with it. They started moving the pieces around. Mary and Joseph walked to Bethlehem. And and when they put the manger there, they peered in and looked in the manger. Even the the sheep and the the cow would come over and peer into the manger and see what was going on. And and the the wise men would walk up as well and they would bow down before the the manger and leave their gifts there in front of the the manger, in front of the baby Jesus. The children could, could move them around and even pretend like they were talking. They would even sing the songs of the angels, glory to God in the highest. They knew the story and they could play with the story because it was right there, tangible in their hands. And when I watched them playing with it, I thought back to that paper nativity set that I had when I was a child. And I realized how much that nativity set, even though it wasn't valuable, even though it wasn't a work of art, even though it it wasn't some beautiful nativity set that I had gotten from somewhere around the world, it was that nativity set that I really learned the true meaning of Christmas. Because the true meaning of Christmas is that God came to us in the flesh. The Word made flesh right here in front of us in our hands. This was not a God who stayed up on the shelf. This is not a God who stayed off at a distance. This is not a God who kept us at arm's length. This is a God who came right here with us, holding our hands, 
sitting down around table and eating with us, looking us in the eye, the Word made flesh. God revealed to us, not by staying off at a distance, but by coming and becoming one of us, just how much God loved us. When I think back to those old creases and those old paper nativity figurines that I had as a child, I think to the the lines and the creases and the scars that Jesus Christ Himself had. All the things that He did in His life and in His death and in His resurrection to show us truly who God was. That He cried when one of His friends died. That He sat around table with people who were sinners who would betray Him. That He touched the flesh of, of people who had leprosy. That He forgave people even when they were trying to kill Him. That's who this God is. This God is not a God who keeps us at arm's length. This is a God who holds us in the palm of God's hands. That's what the Nativity set should teach us every year, is that God came to us so that we could look God in the eye and know that God loves us so. But that Nativity set not only teaches us who God is, but it also should teach us who God's followers should be. Because you see, right now, we as the church are the body of Christ. That's who we call, that's what we call ourselves. And as the body of Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, that we should follow in Christ's footsteps. And so tomorrow or the next few days, you're going to put down, pull down all of your decorations. You might going to wrap up your own nativity set in your own bubble wrap. And we might be tempted in the same way to, to put our faith back up on that shelf as well to keep it at arm's length, to be something that we just look at but uh, keep it at a distance and only use when we want to use it. But that's not who we are called to be as the body of Christ. We are called to be the visible reminder of God's grace and God's love for those people around us every single day. So that when you go to the hospital and you sit beside somebody faithfully, you are the visible, tangible representation of God's love right there in their midst. Or when you pray with someone who is at their wit's end and they believe that God has abandoned them, you are the visible representation of the body of Christ standing there praying with them. God's steadfast love right there in their midst. When we go and we try to pay someone's bills who's struggling during this time of year, we are the visible representation of God's providence at this time of year. When we go and stand up and fight for those people who can't fight for themselves, we are the visible representation, the tangible representation of God in our world. The greatest nativity set, my favorite nativity set, is the one that wakes up every morning that goes out into the world and tries to show the world that Christ is born again. My hope for you this Christmas, and my hope for me this Christmas, is that that Christ child will be born anew in your life and in my life. And we will start today, living every day, as the tangible, touchable, grace-filled body of Christ. Merry Christmas. Amen.